I believe YouTube is still the biggest university in the world. We went to Jimmy Wales, the founder of Wikipedia. We sat down with him. I went skiing with some friends that I met on Twitter. This is how I got my first job. Just four pieces changed my life. What is up? I'm Chris, your host, and you're listening to Nonlinear, the podcast in which we unpack choices and strategies high-achieving young professionals use to navigate our post-COVID and post-AI world in 2023 plus to craft fulfilling careers they love. In this episode, I speak with my dear friend Ariel Renoul from Paris, with whom I once competed for the same VC internship with 100 applicants and the two of us in the very final round. Who made it is in the podcast. Ariel has raised a couple of millions for his amazing startup, Augment.org, which he founded with his childhood best friend, Roy Wellner. More on that on LinkedIn, if you're interested. And before disrupting online education, Ariel worked for the Jelly Smacks founder, a Parisian unicorn in the content creation space, to scale the product across celebrities. In this episode, Ariel shares with us, amongst other things, his most valuable move on getting onto his journey, why VC wasn't the route for him, and the role mentorship played on his journey. Let's dive right in. Super happy to, to welcome you. Thank you, my friend. Man, just uh, just very quick update from your side. Uh, what's up in Paris and how's it going? All good. Business is good. So life is good. Back to work season. And so no, everything is good. Relaxed after the summer. So no, all in, full speed, ready to work hard. Yeah, I already saw the saw that you're now listed in, or not listed in Forbes, but that Forbes wrote an article about yeah. uh, uh, Bl uh, Bloomberg, sorry. Yeah, yeah, the piece came out uh, two weeks ago, brought a lot of awareness, new students, potential partnerships to what we do. Super, super happy. How does this actually work uh, with getting coverage from Bloomberg? The crazy story, they reached out and they were like, guys, we're, we're writing a piece on you. Mm regardless of you being willing to participate or not, do you want to have this conversation? And, you, and we said yes. But until the piece came out, we had no idea uh, whether it would be positive or negative. Yeah. Um, and again, it was very positive uh, surprise because when we're talking to the guys, they asked some very tough questions. They look into all the details they've done. They, they went through the, the entire program that we sell. They talked to a bunch of students. They talked to our instructors. They did their homework. But so yeah, super lucky. I have no idea why they chose us, how mm -hmm. they discovered us, but super happy. And most important question, did they buy the program? No, but they brought a lot of awareness from so many different countries and we have students that joined the program from Egypt, Bangladesh, Uganda, Italy, Slovakia, I would Crazy. say like five, ten new countries. So this was like a net positive for us. Super nice. Hey, now we're already head over heels in the, like actually in the business. Do you want to describe Augment in a one-liner? Yes. <laughs> we're building super high quality business programs with the founders of YouTube, Shazam, Wikipedia, with and top execs from Meta, from Amazon, from Google, and more. Cool. So in, in video form, right? Content form, yeah, education, yeah. video content. So business masterclasses grounded into the realities of business by people who've done it. Yeah, super nice. Hey, yeah, also why I reached out is that when I think of you, I think of the topic of future of work, actually, of content creation, of 
self upskilling like of all of these topics which are currently really shaking up what the what's happening in the landscape right like micro courses are being launched i just bought the other day a gpt micro course i bought one year ago a maven course or a like community course like all of this stuff is going up and it feels like it's not only that i'm in this bubble but there's like this total trend of uh, online education going on and in-class stuff being being disrupted if you can call it that way like what's your top line take that's my pitch for augment i believe we don't get fully the importance of this big change of the internet bringing everyone in the world closer to information and education what youtube has done in the education space i believe youtube is still the is the biggest university in the world and so it's totally changing the game in terms of how people see education upskilling because access has, uh, has changed and basically this is how the augment idea came about so you and i met at hec top business school in france uh some people argue in europe i don't know but still the, the quality of the education when you compare to just going on youtube and having those amazing founders from the us teaching classes or giving lecture even though hc is supposedly the, the top business school here in, in in europe couldn't compete with that and this is how this is a premise of the augment idea okay let's build actual classes with those top top business people and and that was the original idea okay we went to jimmy wells the founder of wikipedia we sat down with him at coffee tell me about your life tell me about the lessons tell me about your experiences and let's turn that into a course and we did that with all those top speakers so uh, this is i'm betting my 20s sure. on this idea yeah yeah i totally love it like I'm a bit of an online education addict and totally by this hypothesis of also like working from the or learning from the top 1% in any field. Like I see yeah. it with me. Yeah. And, and the question is, are these people really the best instructors? Do you necessarily need to learn from the top 1% to, to get better at something? Mm. Not necessarily, but the main problem in online education, online courses, online programs is the one of trust and credibility. If you go to Harvard, you know that they guarantee a certain level of quality. When you take an online course, you don't know. Who's this person teaching? What, what's this person's done in the past? Is this person trying to send me something? And you've got like all this friction coming up to your mind because you, because building credibility and trust is very difficult at the edge of, of the internet. And this is, I would say, the main value in bringing those top, top founders and exec executives. People trust them. And the value of an insight or the value of an advice when you trust the people is 10 times more impactful. Yeah, there's also two other points which make learning impactful, right? And number one is basically committing to it and then having like rough deadlines and like all of this stuff. And along with this, it's then community also, right? So to yeah. study with other people for a fixed time period and make friends, which is of course also if you talk of Ivy League unis or HEC, like one of the top, top things you get there. Like, how do you think about this in online education and of course, like for Augment also? 
basically, I would say the three pillars of traditional education are the, the content, the accreditation or the certificate or the degree, and three is the community. I would say that the bet that we are making at Augment is that let's provide the, a content that is on par or even better than what you can find at traditional business school for less than 1% of the cost. Uh, but we're not trying to compete on accreditation. And of course, you cannot compete with the fact with having campus, having lunch, going to parties together. Like you, you, you cannot compete with that. You need to introduce some elements of certification and you need some, to introduce some elements of, of, of community. But we are fighting on content and uh, insights and advice. And I, when I look at the value prop of Harvard or, or of HEC or any business school, of the three different pillars, the one that's most ripe for disruption, I would say, is the content, which is also the one that they neglect. Yeah, totally. What would be super cool is you've mentioned that the Bloomberg article brought lots of like users from different countries all over the world, right? So what is it that, so now that you've also put the community thing basically in brackets and said, we want to give top 1% advice and make it accessible to people everywhere. What's the um, midterm and then long-term plan slash and vision? What are you, what's your North star? Do you have one which is very precise or do you say, Hey, no, we iterate day by day and then I can sell you a vision, but this is like, what's your take on that? The, the North star is I want to be the biggest online business school in the world. Mm -hmm. This is the very big 10 years, 100 years vision. Now, in my day-to-day -day life, I just focus on a few things, super high-quality content, and then bringing this content in front of the people who need, who need it the most or, or the ones who resonate with the, the, the story that we tell. And this is... like. Very interesting when you build a business, the difference in perspectives from like the very big vision today where you only focus on very narrow, specific things. Yeah, it makes, makes perfect sense. Hey, so basically I, I remember how we reconnected. So I was working for Jodel at the time for the founder, which is like a, yeah. a German a social media slash community app. And then I went on research like to just I don't know what exactly it was I was looking for. However, I stumbled over this blog from Ariel. And then I was like, man, I think I really like the content. And then I was like, hey, somehow I know this dude. I don't know where I know him from. I know him checked on LinkedIn and it was you. So and this is where it actually gets interesting. So you just said, hey, let's we focus on the best co possible content for the people. And in the end, you like at some point for you, there seemed to flip a switch <laughs> and then you started content creation yourself, right? So you went on Twitter, you went on the writing on the future of consumer social. Could you take us there for a bit? But first, let me tell the story of how we met because we didn't yeah. touch upon that. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we both went to the same university. We both applied to the same internship and there were more than 100 people applying and we both reached the final round 
and Chris got the job. Uh, for, for humbleness reasons, I also have to say that they were, of course, looking for someone to open the German market. Um, Chris got the job. Yeah. And so in my mind, Chris was like, oh, God, damn, this Chris got this job. And then, of course, we reconnected afterwards and then we became friends. And But basically, what I was doing at HEC, so we had to write a thesis, end of year, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And what I did is that I, I just turned this into online content. And so I divided this work into three or four essays that I posted on uh, Twitter and LinkedIn. And I saw firsthand the tremendous impact of just like sharing your ideas with the world. Mm. This is how I got my first job. I didn't apply for it. I got put in, in touch with Robin, who's the founder of JSMAC, big unicorn company, and he's come work with us. And now he's a big investor in my new company. I made so many friends just posting regularly on, on Twitter and LinkedIn. That's how I, I built my network. I went skiing with some friends that I met on Twitter. Insane. Insane. That's how close we became. And yes, yeah, so I, uh, I didn't even apply for a job. You just post what you have in the mind and you will just connect with interesting people, like-minded, who will just bring you opportunities. How long did it take like from getting this idea to, to post the stuff on Twitter and on your own blog to actually get some inflow of people and talking to immediately people? immediately yeah yeah, wow. yeah yeah but then the game of content creation is some pieces hit and some pieces flop that's the game but immediately by putting yourself out there you're already doing more than 99% of people mm. and so you become top of mind Especially if you start writing about a specific topic. And in, in my case, it was about content businesses and media creation, etc. And so you, you, it's easy to become seen as an expert in the field because there are so few people creating content. It might have changed a bit because mm -hmm. that, that was like in 2021, something like this. But I don't know, pick a niche, very specific topic write three, four essays on this and, and all of a sudden you, you become seen as an expert. Mm -hmm. Super interesting. Yeah. We also had this at Yodel that we had like, all basically the, those discussions, which you have for any content creation app that 5% of the people actually create. And then you again have a subclass of those 5% who are the super creators. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 And you just need to find like what type of content you're good at doing. A friend of mine, Alex from is working at Eurasio. He's a VC and he's publishing one big in-depth piece every week. He's a machine. Wow. I don't know how he does it, but, the, and I knew from the very beginning, I'm not like this. I, I just cannot put it out, but I've got like very few topics I'm very passionate about and that I know in depth. And so I decided, okay, let's just publish four pieces on very specific topics. And honestly, this is how I found a job. This is one of the main elements of credibility that led me to raise the first round of funding that we raised at Augment. This made me connect to people from all over the world, only four pieces. But I focused on like quality, super in-depth, being sure that I know exactly the topic I was writing about. 
just four pieces changed my life. And where did the spark to publish come from? Like you mentioned uh, before, very briefly, that your girlfriend is also on IG. Uh, so became yeah. an Instagram influencer at some point. So was it already that you sparred about this topic with her or was it like someone else who was like publish it or was it your own thing or how did this, when did it actually flip that you were like, this is interesting. Publish? So the, the, what happened in my mind is I was working, I was doing an internship in a VC firm at the time. And as a, a VC analyst, I was seeing a lot of different companies and most of them I found boring fintech stuff i didn't understand SaaS, whatever that was not for me but there was this new wave of what was called at the time passion economy now it's called the creator economy so how to how do you build the tools to empower online creators and this can be tiktok influencers youtube creators podcasters writers whatever to distribute and make a living of their content and i was like this is just so cool mm. this is just so cool and and this is how i got passionate about that and this is the topic i decided to write about and so naturally because i was writing about the creator economy it just it, it felt obvious that i, I had to, to publish that and this was still a, a relatively new topic at the time and this is how i got into Uh, Jelly Smacks, a big unicorn company, only focused on the creator economy. And then I was like telling all I learned from Jelly Smack and from my research to my girlfriend, and she decided to do it by herself. And now she's more than uh, 220k followers on Instagram. Yeah. And like during Jelly Smack, was that you grabbed a couple of this? It's a super cool story, right? What you're telling so far. So you basically you found a spark within yourself for a market or kind of a play, executed it on your own. Then you got drawn into slash pulled into this unicorn, super interesting company, Jelly Smack, which kind of, if I get it correctly, they accelerate the proliferation of, of artists' brands or like creative. In very simple terms yeah. that everyone can understand. They go to the biggest YouTube stars on the planet and they say, we're going to turn your YouTube content into content for other platforms, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, and TikTok. And so the value is very simple. They go to big stars and they say, you're going to reach more fans and so make more money. So come work with us. And they've got yeah. amazing technologies to do that. And did you, so what happened basically when you were a jelly smack? So you, I assume you learned quite a couple of things. You worked in sales, I think. And so basically the value of being hired directly by the, the founder of the company yeah. is that I could pick a role and I picked a fun one. And the idea was to build the celebrity business within Jelly Smack. Mm. So, not, so, so to try not to go to really big YouTube content creators, but to say, okay, who else needs this distribution technology that we have? And, and we thought, oh, why not? Let's go to athletes or chefs or comedians or TV stars. Those people have a lot of unique content. Let's help them distribute them across social platforms. And so I was a salesperson and this is where I learned how you basically reach out, sell content vision and, and financial packages to really big celebrities. And this is 
where I learned everything that I'm not, I, I'm not doing at the end, and then I left Mac and I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the exact same thing, but mm. instead of being big chefs and athletes, it's gonna be big CEOs and executives. Yeah, that's ultra interesting, right? Because it's so different from what you do in any other sales job where you just sell another software or you sell a package to other people who are more or less similar to you. But like celebrities live in a, at, at least in a different, or you consider them different, right? At the end of the yeah. day. It's all and that was very fun. I had some very interesting conversations. Like this is public information. But for instance, I, I worked a lot on the, the channels of the F1 driver, Romain Grosjean. Mm-hmm. And it's just so fun because you need to understand the person, you need to understand their career, what their image, what the goals are at the moment, what are, what are the challenges. And then you get to, to discuss content ideas uh, with the person. This is also something that's super fun. But how do you like, how do you get through to them? Is it that you talk to their assistants or do you guess their email addresses or you use rocket? No, at Jenny Smack, that was very different because Jenny Smack is now a big and well-established company. And so they had so many interesting people in their network that they could just reach out to and get, they, they can, like those guys, they work with Mr. Beast. They work with PewDiePie, the top, top, top YouTubers in the world. They know everyone. Okay, cool. We could, of course, double click in what you did on a daily there, but I think we got a good glance of this. Hey, just one topic because I'm super into this stuff. Like what made you then quit Jellies and how did you go through this process? Like you've been in creation, so you've seen the kind of like successes of it, at least for a certain degree, you got hired by them. You're doing this cool job probably earning some good money, it can work quite flexibly, I assume. So what happens that you're like, nope, I'd cut it, I'll just do it on my own. I always knew I wanted to start a company. That was not even a question. So the only question was when, and it was about timing. And so I worked for a year uh, after graduation at Jelly Smack. Uh, and I was like, okay, good enough. I felt just ready uh, and I quit without having an idea. I knew what I was passionate about. I knew that I would want to build a content first company and that that was enough. But yeah, I, my, my, my learning curve was flattening. And at the time my co-founder Roy was moving back from Brussels to Paris. And so he was available. I wanted to leave. Funny anecdote, the first pitch deck that we built together was in like 2016, 2017 Mm. for a, a random stupid idea. But it just shows that entrepreneurship has always been in my mind, building pitch decks and digging into ideas since since I'm 18. Yeah, I think that's super interesting because like this, I think there's so particularly if you go into a business school like HEC or something, like there's many people who are like, yo, one one day I will start my own business, but then they get in good jobs. Often they go in consulting and finance, often the Germans even. Man, then you get like the golden handcuffs or you do a good job and then you eventually turn out never doing it. So um, yeah, this is interesting, I guess. A lot of people that take that step, and I include myself in that, I feel I had no choice. 
I feel like working at a company and I, and I know that because I had the best job in the world. Yeah. It was not enough. Yeah. It was not enough. Something was missing. And I, I knew that this is not, the company is not the problem. The team is not the problem. It's just not what I meant to be. And this is just, this is not even because of a monetary cap or something or upskilling, reskilling, whatever, I don't know, or learning fast enough. This is because you just felt like you want to do something, right? Yeah. I, I always knew I wanted to build a company yeah. and I graduated, worked at a company and I was like, okay, I can do, I, I believe I can do this. And so no, no more excuse. Got it. Yeah. Hey, Ariel, like one topic, which I really like to bring up because I feel like it's under highlighted somehow is like the role of mentors mm. or even coaching, mm. or of course there's different levels, like also peer, mm. peer mentoring slash peer coaching. Like, how do you feel about this? Super important. I had, I would say two mentors whom I met on a regular basis, much older one raised six, 16 million, then crashed his company. One sold his company for 100 million plus. And they were super helpful. I remember during COVID lockdown, I was just like alone in my flat in Paris studio. So just like one room. And he was like, okay, come to the office every day with me and his team. And so this is the kind of of help and support that, that you need and want. And of course, those two mentors are now investors in, in, in my company. But yeah, especially, they were helpful, especially at this time of my life where I didn't fully feel aligned uh, in what I was doing on, on a daily basis versus what I want really wanted to do, and that was building a company. They helped me a lot navigating through the process. And now that, okay, now I'm, I, I believe I'm doing what I need to be doing. It's, it's all about myself. I believe now, like I, I've, I've got no one to blame. It's me and myself and I'm just, I just need to do it. And so I, I see them less just because I believe I'm on mm. track and I just need to do the work and it will work. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Makes, makes sense. Yeah. Hey, and how did you find them? Was it also Twitter or intros or like exactly. outreach? No, honestly, they, like that was that. So one read my pieces on, on on LinkedIn or Twitter and, and we connected and we became friends. Both of them are uh, 40 plus, which also I, I really, I love because I love our age because you can now become friends with people who are much older and this is so cool. And the other one, this is a fun story. So I was working as an analyst in, in, in VC at the time and he came to pitch his company cool. to me and the partner with whom I was working at the time. And I believe I asked some interesting questions and then he tried to hire me. And at the time I was like, no, don't hire me, but help me build my company. And was like, okay, why not? Nice. And what type of business was he doing? Now he, so he was doing a, a, a different startup at the time, but now he took over a series A startup as CEO. He was brought in, but his first business is called Sticky Ads. It's an advertising business, super capital efficient, raised only 5 million and sold to Comcast for 120 plus. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Yeah. Probably also a couple of years ago, right? Like 10. Yeah. Yeah. Something like this. 
Hey, last big part I would like to cover with you is Augment itself, right? The, so basically, how do you think about your management in these hybrid slash remote times? Like, how do you work? How do you basically employ your team? Is it all full-time employees? Do you hire lots of freelancers? And is there something, yeah, how do you think about all of this? And then a couple of follow-ups, yeah. So the trickiest thing with Augment is that we're based in Paris, but we address mainly the US and the world. So me and my co-founder decided to go full in office. So we're against remote, especially in the early stages of the company, because you need to set the culture, you need to inject intensity. And because what you're trying to do as an early stage startup is to come up with a new model. And I believe this can only be done in person. If you're mm -hmm. trying to invent something new, there is no preset path, there is no recipe for this, you need to be in person. That doesn't mean that some people work sometimes for one one or two days at home, etc. But at Jellysmack, I was working remote and I just didn't like it. I missed the atmosphere of, of being in the office. You've been, you stay for one or two weeks at, at the office and just, I don't know, those lunches, those after work drinks, the way ideas are spread across the, the, the company, it's all so different. And I believe that some people, not everyone, but some people crave human interaction and love just being surrounded by interesting, hardworking people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was very, it was like confusing this entire hybrid and remote world when it was like full, fully going on. Of course. Of course. Like I was at Google at the time, hired newly, worked fully remote with my team. And then we at the same time built this culture setup and stuff, which then type of worked. And now we actually see each other offline also as we moved out, out of our positions. But I think it's such a such an important part of the work experience. And I love it. Uh, yesterday, I had lunch with one, one lunch with one, one of my team members. And it was just so good. Face like face to face communication is is different. It's of higher quality. And I'm in my twenties. Most of the people in the in, in the team are in, in their twenties. They want to work hard. They want to work on a topic that they care about. They want to see that they have an impact. And they want to they want to collaborate and being inspired by other people and being surrounded by, by people in the company doing totally different things that they do. Some people design, some people code, some people write stuff. And just like this stimulation doesn't happen remotely. Yeah. Hey, yeah, uh, agree. What's up with Augment in the, like the next uh, six months, 12 months? A lot of things. So we haven't disclosed it yet, but we will probably announce a fundraising in the coming weeks, which means new ambitions, which means growing the team a lot. And we brought the entire team to an offsite in Morocco earlier this month. There was three hours, three hours flight out from Paris, sunny, people are nice, food is great. That was just like the perfect place. And what we told them, and this is crazy, is that one year ago, we had nothing. No product, no clients, no revenue, nothing. 12 months later, we have 
excellent revenue, Y clients all across the globe, blah, 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 a team of six, six, seven, eight. It's going to be the same in 12 months. We will look back and say, whoa, I can't believe we were at that stage 12 months ago. I want to have this feeling again. Yeah, totally, man. I remember when I was visiting you in Paris, like I think two or three years ago and uh, another entrepreneur friend there, I remember you actually just quitting your job and being like, yo, I found this. That, that, that was in May 2022, probably. Yeah, probably. I don't know the exact thing, but and then one year later, uh, once I visited you, it was this and yeah, totally excited to see this. And just last question, is there anything you're currently hiring? Like just to yes. also give some, yeah. Yes, yes. Good question, Chris. Thanks. We are hiring a content marketer. That's mm -hmm. so two things. One, a content marketer. So someone passionate about both marketing and business content. Mm -hmm. And two, we're hiring someone in growth. So someone who is familiar with funnels, ads on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, etc. Email marketing tracking and analytics, et cetera, et cetera, to come join the growth team that we have. So the growth role is a bit more senior and the so, so prior experience, of course, required and the previous role, like the content role is a bit more for postgrads or something. Exactly. But if you're good and talented, just reach out and regardless of, of what you've done before. Got it. Awesome. Is there anything else that you want to bring out there or which like what you're looking for, what potentially could help you right now? Good question. No, I'm good. Are you good? Nice. Yeah, for me, it's cool. It's just all it's speaking. You need, you need to tell them to subscribe, to do whatever the shit they need to do. Hey, super cool to speak with you on this Friday morning. Thanks, Aria. Pleasure, pleasure. And hope we see each other in person in Paris or Berlin or New York. Of course, Soon. yeah. I hope. I personally hope New York. Same. <laughs> If you want to, yeah, if you want to come to Berlin, you're always welcome. And let's make it New York though. Cool. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for listening to Nonlinear. If you like the content, subscribe to this podcast on Spotify. Follow me on LinkedIn or Twitter. That's at IamKrishi3. Three is the number and Krishi with S-C-H-I. Reach out on any of the platforms if you have comments, questions, or just want to chat.